I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is my sister, Erin. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. Hey, hey. What up? We back. We are back in the studio. In the studio. <laughs> I'm going to take off my jacket because I think it's going to rustle around a little bit. Probably. And you have a flamingo shirt on. I got a flamingo on, so. shirt on, so we're good. I see no reason to have a jacket on. <laughs> Um, I should say first that I don't know about you, but I am very stuffy. Yeah. So if, if there's a bit of clearing the throat and, uh, I've noticed this on a couple other podcasters that live in the South, they're like (laughs) sniffling a bit and like clearing their throat. I'm actually, the pollen is very high today. It is Here in Nashville. Yeah. But normally I am, I would have been doing poorly right now, but I'm doing okay. So I think it just must not be. I know they said like uh, like oak tree pollen okay. is bad, so I'm guessing that's not what it is. Yeah, I, th- I always see... Um, it's some type of tree pollen, though. I know that. I but. always see... Well, it says, there says oak today, mulberry, and birch. Okay. So, I, I don't know what that means. I guess it's just the pollen from those types of trees, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. And yeah. it's a little windy, so it's just that shit's blowing around. It is. It is. It's just not great, but... Yeah, my CrossFit gym has a, and they have an outdoor area. You remember what yeah. it looks like. And I walked, I walked out there to stretch after our workout the other day, and the floor was just dusted with yellow pollen. Yeah. I was like, oh, jeez. Yep. Yeah, so you know when you can see it, like if you're outside holding your phone, mm, and it yeah. starts landing on your phone screen, or like your car windshield. Windshield is I'm like, that is nasty. Yeah, it's not great. And you're just like breathing that in. I'm like, that cannot be good. Not great. But yeah, it's, it's the best that time of year. I mean, it happens every year. So at least it's warm. It is getting warm. It's wonderful. Uh, beautiful outside today. Hopefully I think rain's supposed to come back in, but good enough to start the Easter weekend. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you are almost done with college. Literally. Almost done. Like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Not even. Actually, everybody, 11 days <laughs> till my last class. Man. And then, you know, the other stuff. But we'll do that. Yeah. It doesn't matter at that no, point. No, no, no. It's all good. 11 days. Wow. I know. Also, I was looking through, you know, like the photos that pop up on your phone sometimes, like and when you just like unlock it, like oh, these yeah. Yeah. that come at the top of your phone. One of them was me and you standing in front of the Belmont University oh, yeah. sign from like forever ago. And yeah. I was like, I had no idea I was going to be at Belmont either. And now here we are. Graduating. Just, long story short, crazy how life works out sometimes. Yeah, so. it does. Just end up in certain places. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just I just follow you is really what I do. <laughs> That's <But>. true. <laughs> it's basically true. Um, well, well, cool. Yeah, what are we doing Good today? to be back. Um, we are going to talk about George Adamski and specifically his encounters and then jump into a write-up that Nick Redfern, Nick Redfern did over on Mysterious Universe's uh, website talking about, um, talking about uh, George Adamski, but more specifically were the encounters that he had... Were they friendly? What kind of message was being brought across? And was it um, communistic? So, you know, the usual questions. The usual questions. Also, um, did Mysterious Universe update their website? 
They did. It they looks did. great. Shout out to them. Yes. Obviously, big shout out to Mysterious Universe. Always. They... <laughs> I've tried to avoid their content because I use it a lot, but anytime you write something in Google about really anything strange, they always pop up. So I've just, I've just. Because they're goaded. No, they are goat. They are the goats. <laughs> they really are the goats. Um, and so, yeah, check them out. Their, yeah, their website looks incredible now. They've, I'm a plus subscriber, so. <laughs> I've they've done uh, a lot of work to make it where it is today. So yeah, mm-hmm. big props to them. They're they're the goats for sure. Um, so yeah, let's jump into who George Adamski is. So um, this guy was he was born in the German Empire. Aaron noted that as we were um, subscribed. So he was born in 1891. So. Um, his encounters took place in the 40s and 50s, um, maybe a bit into the 60s. He was writing books on his encounters. So um, so he, so he, we'll just, don't really need to go into any of his prior life. Basically, he was born in the German Empire, um, eventually found his way to the U.S. and put his roots down in Southern California. Um, in the early 30s, um, he got into a bit of the occultist circles in Southern California in the 30s and uh, apparently was teaching a personal mixture of Christianity and Eastern religions called Universal Progressive Christianity. Um, so he, he had that going on and then... He was also teaching at. He was also teaching um, at a temple. Um, he founded a. Uh, he founded the Royal Order of Tibet, um, and he was teaching his supposed philosophy. Interesting. Interesting thing, though, he didn't have anything higher than a third grade education, yet he was. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was teaching. All these different uh, philosophies or whatever you want to call them. Dang. Um, so in 1940, Adamski, his wife, and some close friends moved to a ranch near California's Palomar Mountain. Um, they went out there to study religion, philosophy, farming. They, um, they built a cafe out there and they call, had this campground that... They basically lived on with a, with a bunch of friends. Honestly, sounds pretty cool. But yeah, it does. I'm sure it was not not, cool. not not as cool as it's <laughs> uh, yeah not as cool as it sounds. Um, yeah, so they they built this um, they built this observatory out where they were, um, and he liked to go by professor. So. <clears throat> From what we can, from what I can tell, at least his early life was just a lot of different things, and he um, seemed to be seemed to want to teach a lot, mm-hmm. teach and inform people. So, yep. Um, in 1946, during a meteor shower, Adamski and his friends claimed that they were at Palomar Gardens, their campground, when they witnessed a cigar-shaped mothership. 
In early 1947, Adamski took a photograph of what he claimed was the 1946 Starship, the cigar-shaped mothership, oh, man. Um, crossing in front of the moon over Palomar Gardens. So, sounds like they were looking up and it crossed uh-huh. in front of their vision over uh, of the moon. Um, Adamski claimed that he had seen in the summer of 1947. Mm-hmm. Um, Adansky claimed that he had seen 184 UFOs pass over Palomar Gardens one evening. That's a lot. <laughs> um, so in, in, um, in 1949, Adamski began giving his UFO lectures to civics groups and other organizations in Southern California. Um, he was paid to give these. Um, he made claims that the government and science had established the existence of, US, uh, of UFOs two years earlier. So that would have been 1947. Um, his lectures further claim that science now knows that all planets in Earth's solar system are inhabited. Photos of Mars taken from Mount Polomar Observatory have proven the canals on Mars are man-made by an intelligence greater than any man on Earth. So, that's a bold claim. I mean... Um, especially just being able to see them from an observatory and then making that claim. That's that's bold. It is bold. Um, in May of 1950, Adamski took a photograph of what he alleged to be six un- unidentified objects in the sky, which appeared to be flying in formation. Um, so... Up until this point, he's basically just seeing stuff in the sky. And just drawing these... And just... Yeah, and just drawing these conclusions and looking out from his observatory. So, that's basically the time period from 1946 to 1950. Is when he's... They're just, like, seeing all these supposed objects in the sky. Mm Mm-hmm. So... In November of 1952, Adamski and several friends were in the Colorado desert near the desert near the town of Desert Center, California. They saw a large submarine-shaped object hovering in the sky. Adamski believed that it was looking for him, and he is said to have left his friends and headed away from the main road. Shortly after, according to Adamski's accounts, he saw a scout ship made of a translucent metal land close to him. And this this kicks off the the uh, the abductee, if you want to call it, uh, encounter that George had. So this pilot was a Venusian that is a being from Venus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and his name was called Orthon. <laughs> Orthon. So this... Being this Venusian, got off his ship and sought out George. Adamski claimed the people with him also saw the Venusian ship, and several of them later stated that they could see Adamski meeting someone in the desert. Adamski described Orthon as a medium-height humanoid with long blonde hair and tan skin, wearing reddish-brown shoes... He said his trousers were not like mine, and apparently Adamski and Orthon communicated via telepathy. (laughs) 
Believe it or not, they do have different trousers. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, a blonde-haired... Medium height. Medium height humanoid. Okay. So, they also call these, uh, these beings Nordics, or like Nordic aliens, because they have huh. blonde hair, and they're like pale-complected. Pale complexion. Um... During the conversation, Orthon apparently warned Adamski of nuclear war, and Adamski wrote that the presence of this inhabitant of Venus was like the warm embrace of a great love and understanding wisdom. Adamski, cl- Adamski claimed Orthon had refused to allow himself to be photographed, and instead Adamski and instead, he had asked Adamski to provide him with a blank photographic plate, which Adamski claimed he had given Orthon. Orthon is said to have returned the photographic plate to Adamski on December 13th, 1952. When developed, it was found to contain a strange new symbol. It was during this meeting that Adamski is said to have taken a now famous photograph of Orthon's Venusian scout ship using his six inch telescope. Um, and of course, skeptics said it wasn't really of a ship. Yeah. It was of something like the top of a chicken brooder for warming new, newly hatched poultry. So don't know what that, don't know what that looks like, but, um, I'm going to look, yeah, check out what that looks like. Um, so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it doesn't look. yeah, I it mean... It doesn't look anything like a spaceship. It's just like a rectangular box. Yeah. Like a wooden little little crate. Yeah. That's hilarious. So, Adamski goes on to write three or four books, I believe. Uh, a, a number of books um, about his encounters. Um in in one of them fly in one of them titled Flying Saucers Have Landed, he claimed Nordic aliens from Venus and other planets in Earth's solar system routinely visited Earth. Orthon and other aliens were worried that nuclear bomb tests in the Earth atmosphere would kill all life on Earth, spread radiation into space, and contaminate other planets. Adamski claimed that the Nordic aliens worshipped a creator of all, and that we on Earth know very little of this creator. Wow. Um, in his 1955 book, Inside the Spaceships, Adamski claimed that Orthon arranged for him to be taken on a trip to see the solar system, including Venus. Um, he claimed that in another voyage, he met a 1,000-year-old elder philosopher of the space people who was called the Master. <laughs> King, king, <laughs> king. Um, Adamski said he and the master discussed philosophy, religion, and Earth's place in the universe. Adamski said he learned that he had been selected by Nordic aliens to bring their message of peace to Earth's people and that other humans throughout history had also served as their messengers, including Jesus Christ. I knew he would pop Go up. Jesus. I knew he would pop up. <laughs> bless up, bless up. Adamski further claimed that aliens were peacefully living on Earth and that he had met with them in bars and restaurants in Southern California. <laughs> well, I'm sure he did. 
So uh, what I get from that is that Hollywood is run by aliens. That's yeah. what I'm getting from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's um, there's some other um, people that were involved in this Space Brothers uh, discussion. Um, some people you you I've I've heard of them. Um, we haven't discussed them on the podcast, but mm-hmm. Howard Ming Howard Menger or Menger, Daniel Fry, George Van Tassel. We may have discussed him and Truman Bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um. So the message of Adamski and his fellow contactees was one in which the other planets of Earth's solar system were all inhabited by physically handsome, spiritually evolved beings who have moved beyond the problems of Earth people. So, okay, that is in summary what what their message was. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts so far? Um. I actually, I mean, I've laughed like six times. I think this is really, really silly. Like, especially the part of him being like, oh yeah, I saw this from my observatory. So here's this massive conclusion about what it is. Yeah. And then, yeah, like that they would meet up in like public like places. Like that's just so uncommon. Yeah. But I mean... Hollywood being run by aliens, though? <laughs> yeah. Believe that one. Um, so his books, his books became, some of his books became bestsellers. Um, he, I mean, I mean, he like recounted his travels in space, described, uh, described the moon, like the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there are lunar citizens that stroll down sidewalks in lunar cities. And he reported forests, lakes, and snow-covered mountains on the moon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess uh, I don't know what's on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. But. He even met with the Queen of the Netherlands. He, she received him at her palace. And Pope John the 23rd, I guess. <laughs> XXIII. That's 23. Yeah, that's 23. Um, He was dying of cancer at the time and allegedly permitted a private audience with George on the 31st of May, 1963. His mission was to deliver an important package, which he received from the space people in Copenhagen. Wow. This claim, of course, has been denounced by the Vatican, but circumstantial (laughs) evidence suggests that such a meeting did take place. He traveled to the Vatican... With two of his co-workers, both witnesses say that he entered the Vatican by a side entrance and stayed there for an hour. Adamski claims the Pope smiled and said, I've been expecting you. And when George handed him the package, the Pope replied, this is what I have been waiting for. The Pope's last words before Adamski left were, my son, don't worry, we will make it. So I mean it does uh, sound it does sound like the Vatican. So it, it does this denying anything yeah. that is not strict religious dogma yes. is pretty pretty much the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Um 
So yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Um, we might get some more answers as we delve into this mysterious universe article, but uh, it, it's just um, it's a bit fantastical. Very much, a bit very, more so than some other ones. Yeah, no, very, very much, very more so than um, than other ones. Um, like the moon thing. Yeah, the moon thing is crazy. Um, I was like, how did how does he how did he get there? Like, like he took he traveled on on the Venusian spaceships. Oh, he went back with them or went there with them. Yeah, the Ven- Orthon took him to oh. all to all of the inhabited planets. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Okay. I just think it's convenient that they are. That they are, like, chiseled, blonde-haired... Yeah. Uh, because, like... Blonde-haired space people. California. Yeah. 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 I agree. I don't know what California was like in the 50s, but I'm going to yeah. guess it was very similar today, but um, but just, like, scaled down a bit. Yeah. For sure. Um, but but they were in the desert, so, I, I mean... Yeah. Maybe. Um did you okay? So we're gonna transfer over to the mysterious universe article. Um, do you want to start with this one? Sure. Okay. All right. So some some of this is just repeating the descriptions of what they looked like, like we already talked about. But um, yeah. So the Space Brothers surfaced surfaced in the early nineteen fifties. In other words, long before the black eyed gray aliens. Like, like the emoji. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I pictured before those were on the scene. So long haired human looking space brothers. They sought out these people on our planet to be their voices. their so-called voices on earth. And one of these was George Adamski. Yeah. There were also like three other Georges, which I guess, you know, George's common name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, a woman named Margaret Mustafa Orfeo Angelucci. Angelucci. Yeah. Angelucci, yeah. Lucci, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, like three Georges. But so the Space Brothers looked like us, but some of them had higher than normal foreheads, sparkling eyes. Um, and while they appeared at first to be benevolent, they also seemed to have ulterior motives. So. So the contactees, these people that I just mentioned, who were chosen by the Space Brothers were somewhat bullying. They told the contactees it was important that we should lay down our atomic bombs as the deadly devices were known way back in the 1950s. And at first, it appeared that these Space Brothers wanted our nukes put down, like as in forever. But that... That does make it sound like they're, you know, working for our good, but they also uh, were not, some people suggest. There were some pointers that suggest the Space Brothers didn't care about us at all, but rather wanted our nukes gone so we would be without these powerful weapons. Indeed, a careful study on the history of the contactees and these Space Brothers made it obvious that they had an agenda that would see us slowly um, becoming their lackeys. There are other issues, too, that we should be aware of. So, um, many of the contactees who were chosen by these Space Brothers to spread their word, they came as friendly people. 
But if you look at what their belief systems were, you'll see that it was a communist-driven agenda. The Space Brothers did their very best to turn these contactees into communists. For example, not long after George Adamski, who we talked about, the most famous one, most famous contactee, um, he was spreading communism all over, and the FBI even opened up a file on him, apparently, that was about 300 pages. So this was from the file that the FBI had on him. According to a source, Adamski stated that the Federal Communications Commission, under the direction of the military government of the U.S., has established communication with the people from other worlds and has learned that they are much more advanced than the inhabitants of this earth and that they have deciphered the languages used here. Adamski stated that in this interplanetary communication, the FCC asked the inhabitants of the other planet concerning the type of government they had there, and the reply indicated that it was very different from the democracy of the U.S., and Adamski stated that his answer was kept secret by the U.S. government, but he added, if you ask me, they'll probably have a communist form of government, and our American government wouldn't release that kind of thing. That is a thing of the future, more advanced. So what he's saying there is that the Space Brothers have a form of communist government because it's a more advanced, mm-hmm. it's a more advanced progression of society. Which they're trying to implement here, saying yes. that it's good because it's more advanced. Exactly. Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> Some issues with that. Um, that is not true. <laughs> it has never been true. Will never be true. Will, yeah. Will probably never be true. Um, unless our leaders somehow become Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, just not, that's just not how human nature works. Mm-hmm. And any communist government has always collapsed. And... Just well, killed all most of their people. There's been some sort of large ethnic cleansing or something like that. Um, so you said that he was like into some cult stuff. It was yeah. There was he was into um. So kind of goes down a rabbit hole, which is why I didn't really get into (laughs) it. But in the 1930s in California, there was like a large occult movement, Mm -hmm. and he. I, I got the impression that he dabbled in it a little bit and, like, knew some people who were there, but he, he wasn't, like, an occultist by any means. Yeah. yeah. But there, there, there were – he was living in and around people who were doing that, it sounds like. Because mm-hmm. so, it yeah. says in the Mysterious Universe article that the reason – the FBI wasn't necessarily involved because of the stuff he was saying, but that so many people were, like, following what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, I think he had like a, 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 I think he had like a hundred thousand. Like he had followers. Yeah, like a good amount of followers, and so he had obviously piqued the interest of the federal government, which most of the time that is pretty significant. Yeah, for pretty sure. significant. Um, but yeah, so in it the, says yeah. the Adamski's followers, which reached six figures in number after his 1953 book, mm-hmm. Flying Saucers Have Landed. Yep. So. And it says that um, 
Adamski also claimed that he that Russia would dominate the world and then there will be an era of peace for a thousand years. <laughs> he stated that Russia already had the atom bomb and the hydrogen bomb and that the great earthquake, which was reported behind the Iron Curtain recently, was actually a hydrogen bomb explosion being tried out by the Russians. Damn. That's crazy. Um, what's also interesting there is that term 1,000 years. Um, the Germans, the Nazis said the same thing. Mm-hmm. They said they were going to bring into power a thousand year Reich. So yeah. It's just interesting that the Nazis are fascist and the Russians are communist, yet that messaging overlap would assume they're the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Which the two forms are more similar than they are different. Yeah, definitely. They're just ran, it's just ran differently, but the same outcome. Yeah, is what is same what happens. Goal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he just goes on to make more claims. Yeah, he just according makes to the FBI. claims that San Diego was going to be bombed. Um, it didn't make any difference if the United States has more atom bombs than Russia, in as much Russia needs only ten atom bombs to cripple the U.S. by placing them in large cities. Mm-hmm. Um, that last part is interesting about the woman. Oh, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I guess they were, um, they were in. I, I think Adamski was being interviewed. Uh, or there was a group. There was some group meeting going on. Um. Yeah. And a, a woman. A woman started talking, and she said that uh, servicemen stopped in this cafe that they were meeting at to have drinks, and they were saying that. Um, the U.S. was murdering women and children at the orders of superiors. Um, that the United States was committing mm-hmm. more atrocities during World War II than the Japanese. But since the Japanese lost the war, the U.S. The, wasn't being looked at. The U.S. wasn't being looked at yeah. for that. And I, I will say, I, I, I war is... Mm-hmm. I mean, I have no idea what war is like, but... From stories I've read and other things I've heard, like, war is hell. And I'm sure some U.S. servicemen did do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, they were reprimanded and put in prison. But not everything can... Especially on a scale of World War II, like, you're not going to be able to Mm -hmm. police everything. It's war. Right. Like, it's, it's hell. Yeah. Um... But um, they go on to say basically that life in Russia was like astronomically better than yeah. life in the U.S. Like you didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Um, they say tickets were being issued to movies for free. You didn't have to worry about where your next meal was going to come from. And that in the U.S. you had to fight for everything you got yeah. basically. So – Which, the stuff about Russia is not true. <laughs> no. From what, everything I've read. Um, I've heard it's quite the opposite. Heard, it's, heard it was quite the opposite. But. Not great. Um, now, I'm not saying that you don't have to fight for things in the U.S., but yeah. um, 
But Russia was not like that. Yeah. So it does – whether Adamski was communist or not, it he did associate with people who were communists. Right. Um, and it sounds like the Space Brothers message was communist. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Or it had tendencies of it. Yep. Which I don't – which I don't quite understand. Yeah. I'm just a little confused. Cause like, it's it's just it's difficult because the you have like the alien greys who are like abducting people and like doing experiments on people, and then you have like the Nordics who are like giving people messages of like communism, and, trying to push certain messages instead of like yeah, just examining yeah or yeah, yeah I agree. It almost seems like it's all political or like some mm-hmm. government yeah psyop yeah and it's also the timing is too convenient of when it happened yeah yeah like I, right after mm-hmm. world war ii and then right before vietnam and all yeah. those all those asian countries started to push towards communism yeah south america as well yeah uh, the timing is just... Like, obviously, people were pushing for communism. Like... Yeah, yeah. That was what was happening. Yeah, that was... I mean, that was... Yeah, that was the big... The yeah. big thing. Um, but... I don't know. Do you believe... Do you believe his story? Or do you think he's just, like... About th- visiting the... Yeah, like, do you, do you think the Nordic aliens are legit? I don't. No? Just because of the location, like... And the time it was, like, yeah. California in the, what, 50s? 50s, yeah. And, like you said, like, how the people, how he described, or the aliens looking like. Mm. Like, I just think they would not look like people who looked like where you were at. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sometimes they look, like, similar to humans. Like, that's been kind of a constant theme. In some of the stuff we've talked about, but they've always, there's always been something where it's like, no, they're like wacky. Like yeah. they're definitely not from here, but these people sound very much like if you walked by them on the street, like, that's a person. I don't know. It's just, everything's too convenient. Well, I read, uh, I read some quote the other day about how, this is a paraphrase, but it was something like, um, it would be more, it would be, it would be stranger to go to space and encounter another planet where there are humans like us mm-hmm. but more advanced than if we were to encounter some alien race. Yep, I 100% And agree. I'm like, that's true. Because, like, what the odds of that cannot be, like, the odds are more likely that it's, like, something totally opposite of us. Yeah. Like, maybe as intelligent or more, but yeah. physically, like, what are the odds? Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Weird stories. Um, it. I. I honest. I would have loved to have been around during this time, mm-hmm. just to like get more context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you know, we're reading. We're reading like accounts from like old FBI reports, um, and like a paraphrasing of this guy's life. But like, and I feel like we have preconceived like pictures in our heads of like the people of the yeah, time yeah, and like yeah, exactly. What it was like. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. Stuff. I, I, I do like the idea of a Nordic alien. Though. I do too. Like an alien that's just like chill and pretty good looking, mm-hmm. you know, just hanging out. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to like scare the shit out of you. Yeah, not going to scare the shit out of you. Like just wants to hang. Mm-hmm. Even though he might be a communist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that aside. At least he's down for good. a good time. Yeah. At least he... I mean, free free rides in their spaceship. I know to they, the dark side of the moon. Yeah, yeah, to the dark side of the moon and to other uh, to other planets in the solar system. I mean, it's a pretty good deal that Adamski got. Oh yeah, like as opposed to as opposed to getting abducted by a by a gray alien like this. The pretty good deal. Yeah, pretty good deal. Just got like. Ubered around everywhere in space. Yes. Just got Ubered around and then came back and made a bunch of money off books. Yeah, and all he had to say was that communism was good. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. was what he had That's to do. That's really all he had to do. That's really all he had to do. So, I don't know. Um, interesting dude, though. Interesting dude. Yeah. I would like to know more about the other people, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a whole host of them that have had those experiences. Yeah. We can, we can probably go into some more. Um, they're fun stories. Uh, the Space Brothers, though. Mm-hmm. No. Space Comrades would be more like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Communist, uh, communist yep. tendencies. Yep. Um, well, that's all we got. Um, hope you guys enjoyed those stories. Um, we, we are going to try to get on, um, uh, Parareality Radio. I am a co-host at Parareality Radio, but I know Sandman wants to have us both on, so... Yeah. Um, in you, honor. In honor, yeah. <laughs> um, if you guys are listening to this, go check out Parareality Radio, mm-hmm. too. Really good stuff over there from Sandman. and um, In the bunker. In the bunker. Yes, yes. I took a picture of us in the bunker, and I almost posted it, but I didn't think he wanted... I don't think he yeah, does th- that, He doesn't right? want to show off the bunker, so it's, um, it's still on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret stuff. Top secret. Top secret. It'll be on our FBI report. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I hope it's 300 pages. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of an honor. Like, if the it FBI is. has 300 pages to write about you, yeah. like, at least you're doing something. And, you, and you're just out here. Yeah. And, <laughs> at least you're not in your basement. Like, at least Adamski was, like, doing something. Oh, yeah. He I was, mean, he was out he was hustling. Out. He, he was hustling, hustling for sure. He respect the hustle. I respect the hustle, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Adamski was hustling. That, that is for sure. Whether they were made, I mean, whether the stories are made up or not, like if he actually traveled, like props. But uh-huh. if he didn't, like still hustling. Super creative and yeah, like yeah. I mean, I don't like people lying, but yeah. I mean, to but if each, you're gonna lie, make sure it's a 300 page FBI report. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To like, each their own, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that is all we got. Um, everyone have a good Easter if you're listening to that before if not um, we'll catch you next time thanks for having me yeah of course <laughs>